Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Juniata Podcast. Jamal, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Glad to be back for another one. Indeed. Uh, we have a very special guest with us today. For the first time in the history of the Juniata Podcast. Making history. We are. We have someone who's not a student. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because we we bumped into this person um, mm -hmm. sometime this week, and yep. this person was giving away donuts. And was. Would, would you like to share the story of how you you got your donut? Oh, it's a great it's a great story. <laughs> so, Dean of the EDI mm -hmm. has donuts at the Unity House. Right. I decided to mosey my way on over. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's not much donuts left. But there's chocolate. Unfortunately, uh -huh. I'm sorry for the viewers. I don't like chocolate. What? I, I don't like I don't like it. Oh my God, Jamal. I don't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. But mm -hmm. the dean was so gracious that she said, I have a glazed donut. The last one. The last mm -hmm. glazed donut that she was setting aside for herself. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. And she decided that, you know what? I'm going to give it to this man in need. No way. <laughs> so, uh, that donut was the best donut I've ever had <laughs> by far. All right. All right. Well, let's let's welcome Dr. Crystal Seller Battles to the Juniata podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited. And by the way, the reason why I don't like chocolate donuts is because I'm allergic. God looked at me and said, you're chocolate enough. You don't need to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So I had set those aside because usually when you buy assorted donuts, the glazed uh -huh. always end up in a box with chocolate. Right. And so I asked them to set aside two glazed donuts so they would not end up in the box with chocolate because then I wouldn't <laughs> be able to eat them. So they ended up separately. They were sitting on a table and God love my student assistants. They were like, you need to put those up because someone's going to take them. So I walked away from it for two minutes. I had, keep, I had kept one of my four eyes on those donuts the entire time. I walked away for one minute and I turn around and one of the donuts is gone. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is sad. And then there was one left. And then I just, you know, Jamel was just mm. being gracious and delivering mm. some donuts to some other people. And I mm -hmm. said, okay, you can have my glazed donuts. So here it is. I, the dean, did not have donuts with the dean. Oh, that's crazy. I wish I wish you would have told me before that you were allergic. I would not have taken your donut. You tried not to take it before, <laughs> but you have to understand that I was trying to be gracious and to honor the fact that you were delivering donuts to other football players. I was. And um, I wanted to honor the fact that you didn't like chocolate and you showed up. So you got a donut. I appreciate well. you so much. I'm, I appreciate you, and I'm so glad that we can share a moment over glazed donuts again at some point. Absolutely. But I'm going to get a whole blasted dozen to make sure <laughs> that I get my donut with the dean this time. Never in the history of the Juniata podcast has glazed donuts dominated the conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> it is a wonderful topic. Hey, there's, a first time, there's a first time for everything. Indeed, yes. for and sure. I am honored to be here as the first non-student um, and glad that I could sit down and have a chat with you about me and about glazed donuts <laughs> and uh i i think we're we're gonna see if we can do dipping dots with the dean in the spring Ooh, 
Okay. Now okay. you're getting ahead of yourself. I am. I am. I'm <laughs> doing way too much. I have put this into the atmosphere, so that means I have to make it happen. But we're thinking about, you know, because there's only so many D foods you can do with the Dean. That's right. Um, and so, you know, I, I think Dippin' Dots in the spring would be awesome. Yeah. What's What's the weirdest D food you can do with, with the Dean? Mm, Daikon. What? <laughs> <laughs> I watched too many episodes of Chopped. So. <laughs> Daikon with the D. No, let's not. Now, wait, now you got to explain what Daikon is. Yeah. So Daikon is kind of like this. Um, it's kind of like a starchy kind of vegetable, but it's not quite like potato. Oh, it's wait. kind of potato-ish, but not quite. So daikon is kind of this like large starchy thing that you just like cut up in. Um, they have pickled daikon like that ends up on chopped all the time. It's huh. pickled daikon, <laughs> and uh, so no, we're we're not gonna have daikon with the dean. Okay, sounds okay. good. Jamal, what was your idea? Mine was duck. Duck with the dean. Duck with the dean. No. <laughs> that is a hard no. <laughs> completely I, rubber stamped no. I'm fully okay with that because that was just <laughs> me saying something. Just saying. Yeah, that is a hard no. Uh, let's see. What other D foods could we do? We could do dim sum with the dean. I'd be Ooh. all over that. Dumplings with the dean? Dumplings with the dean. Oh, man. Mm. You're going forever. Yeah, speaking of dumplings, Japanese dinner. They didn't have dumplings, but for some reason, Japanese dinner was last night. And I think the Japanese club really, really um, did an amazing job hosting. Uh, I saw the pictures. I didn't get a ticket in enough time, so I sadly uh, was not there. Damn, it is, it is a highly um, sought-after event. People... Tickets sell fast. I have heard that. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so I saw some pictures of the event and mm-hmm. the band that was playing right. and mm-hmm. um, the dancers. Yep. And I saw a beautiful sushi roll. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw some other things and I felt very sad for my um, very sad Saturday night dinner oh. that was not Japanese <laughs> dinner. <laughs> well, right. shout out to the Japanese club for pulling off such an amazing event. Absolutely. Absolutely. But coming back to uh, while you were doing Donuts with the Dean, uh, what wouldn't you... Would you like to introduce yourself as to who you are and uh, what you do here at Junior College and why you were doing Donuts with the Dean? So I am the Dean of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, and I have been at Juniata for a grand total of nine weeks and one day. That is a very accurate... Very <laughs> accurate. I could probably even put it down to the minute, but that would be way too nerdy. Um, so you're getting ahead so of yourself again. I know. Here I am. So nine weeks and one day, and... Um, And in my role, what I have found is I've been in Unity House a lot, and I've been really thinking about how do we think about equity, diversity, and inclusion specifically to Juniata, and what are the specific needs that this campus has. And um, what I found is I found myself in my office, but I didn't find myself connecting to as many students as I would like. And so I said, hmm, let me think of something that would get students over to Unity House in a way that would involve them. And I have three wonderful student workers. Um, Liv Simmons is my JA, Jean Barrera and H.J. Zamansky are my two student assistants. And they said, anytime you do something with food, they'll be there. <laughs> so I love an alliteration. And so I was like, oh my God, donuts with the Dean. Ooh. So that was the first thing that popped in my head. Um, not Daikon with the Dean. But anyways, <laughs> um, that was the first thing that popped in. And I thought, when can I do this? And I had also decided that Thursdays from one to three were going to be open all hours in my office for students to stop by. 
So I thought this would be an awesome kickoff. So let's kick off with Donuts with the Dean um, on that very first Thursday from 1 to 3 and just really see how many students I could get to come by. Um, and my student created a beautiful poster that was up around various places of campus. And I tried to get more people. I ordered nine dozen donuts. So I was serious about this. <laughs> Indeed, um, but I really wanted and we had coffee and water and tea. And and thankfully, the weather forecast kept saying it was going to rain during that time, like all week. Oh, no. And up to the day before, we were afraid we were going to have to move it into the lobby of BAC because we weren't sure if it was going to work to be outside. And mm-hmm. it ended up being a beautiful fall day and a beautiful time of day. No rain until later that evening. And so I was really thankful and got to meet a lot of students. That's what was important for me was mm-hmm. to get, in, get a chance to converse with and meet quite a few students. That is very cool. That's fantastic. And I'm sure those students got to meet a whole lot of new people as well. Absolutely. There were some folks that were talking to each other that probably hadn't spoken to each other. Otherwise, um, President Troja came over and was able to interact with some students, which I thought was fantastic. Um, it was just a great time. And one of the things that was really important to me was to do this at a time where it felt like the temperature on campus around EDI efforts was a little high. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do was to bring some folks together to understand that we all really are on the same team, even though it doesn't feel like it. We really are aiming for the same thing. And how can we have a conversation across difference that doesn't result in us yelling at each other? Right. Right. But having a way that we can express our differences, express our concerns, but still be able to walk away with a healthy relationship as a result. Fantastic. Right. Well said. And and hopefully this, this podcast, this episode, uh, allows you to expand your audience and, and reach even more people um, than ever before. And, yeah, and, I'm and looking forward to it. Thank you so much for the invitation. I oh love no, it. Thank, <laughs> you, thank you for being here. I, I remember walking across uh, Moore Street on um, on that Thursday and I hear someone yelling my name. I was like, wait, who, who is this person yelling my name? <laughs> and I like, look around and it's Dr. Crystal yelling my name from like Unity House. And I'm like, well, I'll walk over. I wonder where this is going. I, I heard about it. But I, I walked over. I was like, oh, wait, this is Donuts with the Dean. And uh, mm-hmm. that's when Dr. Crystal and I started talking. And we were like, well, we should we should do a podcast. Mm-hmm. you know." And, and I'm yeah. so glad that I got the invitation. And Jamel and I met uh, last Monday. Yes, we did. When I spent some time with the football team. Mm-hmm. That was that was really funny. She guessed, like, which players and w- which players played which uh, positions. No way. Yeah. And she got pretty sure 95% of them. I got five wow. out of six. Mm-hmm. Five out of six. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's a, um, a game I used to play at my previous institution, uh-huh. Bluffton University, where I taught for 12 years before coming here. And in every class, I taught first-year seminar, the equivalent of first-year seminar, first-year experience like mm-hmm. it is here. And uh, I always, my students will always say they played a sport. And so I would, my game was to guess what position they played. Right. And <laughs> so um, when I talked to the football coaches the week before, I said, I need you to get me five students and I need you to try to stump me. Like, get the people who don't look like they play the position that they play uh-huh. and um, bring them up. And I'm going to try to guess the position because I wanted um, one of the things that's really interesting is when you say you're the dean of EDI, everyone thinks you're going to come in and start a lecture. Right. And that was something I was not interested in doing. I wanted mm-hmm. it to be a real casual, fun entrance. So I walked in, went straight to the room. I was like, OK, where are these players? I want to I want to <laughs> guess them. And I think that helped to um, relax the room. 
Right. And that was what was really important to me to get people to realize that I was there to interact and not to lecture or not to say you're doing this wrong or you're doing this right. I just wanted them to know who I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great strategy to relax the room because like talking about this, it can seem like it's a very stressful topic, but I think you do a great job in in the way you kind of set the tone for uh, for conversation and kind of like dialogue between people. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it's tough conversation. Now, it definitely is. T- conversations around EDI are not easy. The work around EDI is also not easy. But what we find is that if we break down the walls of division and keep people from thinking, oh, my God, this is terrible, um, everything's so hard, we all hate each other, racism is never going to go away, all of those things that we have kind of pre-programmed in our head about the conversation, mm-hmm. then it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer in that the best way to really break down those structures is to help people understand from both sides of the table that the structures exist, but do it in a way so it doesn't feel like one person is overly benefiting and the other person is detrimentally not benefiting. It's just understanding that this structure is causing challenge for everyone and mm-hmm. we need to find a way to dismantle it so everyone feels comfortable my definition of my work is to create a place where all people of various diverse backgrounds are being treated equitably and included. See what I did there? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. <laughs> See what I did in there? See? So mm-hmm. good. Oh, yeah. Very, very. See what I did? No. <laughs> um, but no, that's yeah. the, the point is really creating a space right. where everyone feels that they are included and treated equitably. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. What have been some challenges? Uh, so far mm-hmm. the one nine day. weeks and one yeah. one day mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> there have been quite a few actually <laughs> yeah. and um, this can be a difficult topic to yeah. talk about Absolutely. Um, hey we're here for it. exactly yeah. <laughs> that's the juniata podcast mm-hmm. so i will have to tell you um this is an analogy or a metaphor i've been using to describe my last nine weeks i arrived to a campus where a lot of people are hemorrhaging And I was brought in as the ER doctor to fix the hemorrhage, but I have no medical records. (laughs) I have no guide points. I have nothing. I'm just being asked to treat the hemorrhage. And for me, I tend to play the longer game. I want to find out why so many people are hemorrhaging rather than just treating the immediate hemorrhage. Like, I want to bandage it up. I want to give people gauze. But I also need to figure out why is there a line of people behind this person also hemorrhaging? What's the source? So for me, I want to go back and figure out what's the structural barrier that exists that needs to be destroyed or the structural barrier that or the structural piece that's missing that needs to be erected to keep people from hemorrhaging so much. And when you come to a place where people are hemorrhaging, people want you to address the immediate need quickly. And you don't always have a time to really think strategically about what needs to happen in order to keep this generation and the ones behind it from running into this place of hemorrhage. And so for me, my biggest challenge has been um, trying to find a way to balance the need to address the immediate hemorrhage and the immediate pain and the immediate confusion and the immediate distrust and the immediate everything and then also understand that I need to figure out what the source of all this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a deep analogy. It's a it's a pretty good analogy. Absolutely. It it, it definitely uh, helps us understand mm-hmm. um, the, the kind of the balance that's that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, now balance with this, 
what have been some of your triumphs, some of the things that you're like, oh, Ooh. this is fantastic. I'm so <laughs> happy about this right now. Well, I have to say Donuts with the Dean was really fun, being mm-hmm. able to connect with students in that way. Um, I, You know, my triumphs are really simple. When people come up to me in Baker or they see me on the quad and they come and say hello. For me, it's that simple. Like, I don't need grand gestures. I just need students to feel comfortable enough to say, hey, Dr. Crystal, I saw you. Or they wave at me from across the quad. There was one student that was at Donuts with the Dean, and every time I see that student now, they wave, they say hello. And, you know, for me, connecting with people is going to be really important in my role. Mm-hmm. But the other piece of it is when um, faculty and staff also realize that I'm a source for them as well. Okay. Those are some of my favorite pieces because I'm not just here for students that we would consider to be ethnic, ethnically diverse. I'm here for everyone. That's the point of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. That's the big piece of it. If we don't um, think about the equity and the inclusion part of it and only focus on the diversity, we're missing a whole grouping of people. And I want to be able to reach everyone. Right. Well said. Well, what do you think is is a good call to action? Um, something that you would like to uh, tell students to kind of take take action, and this can be uh, nothing that has to do with you know coming to the office of EDI, like something mm-hmm. that people can do in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. People that are listening to this that don't even go to Juniata anymore, mm-hmm. like what's a what's a good call to action given given the world we live in today? Mm-hmm. Um, My biggest call to action, if there was something that I could do to literally feel like I'm healing the planet, would be to get people to com- converse across difference. Right now, we are in a very siloed and othering country. If you don't believe as I believe, if you didn't vote as I voted, if you don't look like I look, then you are an other. And what I hope to convey and hope to make happen is for people to realize that they can come to the table together across difference and have civil conversation. Because what I find is that the dangers and the things that happen is because we're not conversing with each other. We are not having honest conversations and realizing that there is more that connects us than separates us. And so what I always want to encourage people is take someone that doesn't look the way you think they should look or act the way you think they should act and have a conversation because chances are you might have more in common with them than you think, but you've used their outer, ex- their outer exterior presentation as an obstacle to having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And conversations breed friendships. Friendships breed good coalition building, not bad coalition building, which I can talk about at another time. Um, and then those coalitions can work together to stop creating this sense of other. I see. Okay. Well, I have, I have two follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. I would like to uh, ask you what bad coalitions are. Mm-hmm. But before then, uh, talking with people that have uh, radically different beliefs mm-hmm. uh, and conversing uh, with people can be a very stressful thing for, mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Mm-hmm. And the tensions are high. People come into the room with a lot of bias. Mm-hmm. There's like, it's a it's a high tense environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some strategies that 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 help uh, would help people to kind of like relax the room mm-hmm. or or kind of like like start the conversation without with the intention to to get to know the other person mm-hmm. and understand the other person's point of view. Absolutely. Well, the first thing is, and that's kind of the example of what I did with the football team, don't come in talking about, let us and let's have a conversation about your stereotypes and bias. People are going to shut down immediately. Right. <laughs> and so find something. So say, for instance, if I went up to you, I love your sweatshirt, what is that a picture of? 
then all of a sudden we're having a conversation that leads into other things. Now that doesn't mean you're going to heal the world in the first relation in the first conversation. Right. But what it means is that you've opened the door and planted the seed that there might be a possibility for continued conversation. For some people, um, people feel that EDI is only supposed to go and point fingers at people that they believe are acting badly. That is not my approach. My approach is how can we have a conversation? And then usually the conversation leads to education about what the person may be doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And then that way that can lead to change behavior. What the challenge is, is we want to address the bad behavior first. And then we've now built a wall where that person can no longer have a conversation. Mm -hmm. So you've got to find a commonality or an interesting thing or a, you know, some sort of piece to draw the conversation in, but you cannot go in guns blazing, literally. It's just not going to help create a fruitful conversation. Mm -hmm. So I always want to find something interesting. That's why I tend to keep the conversation light, even when it's about difficult topics, because then that way I'm not building a structure where people are like, oh my God, she hates me. She thinks I'm racist. She thinks I, you know, I, you know, benefit from white privilege or they think I benefit from social economic status or I benefit from this. That's not the point of my process. My process is let's just have a conversation first. Mm -hmm. And then I will educate you about what you've done wrong. Then if you do it wrong again, I can say, look, remember when I told you that wasn't really a great thing to do and now I'm going to take you to the quad and set you on fire. Like, no, like that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> the piece of it. But right. having opening conversations um, across difference is really being willing to talk about something that is not the taboo topic immediately. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we want to go straight to the taboo topic mm -hmm. and we don't need to do that. Right. Yeah. Just like she said, people want to stop the bleeding, stop the immediate you mm -hmm. know, trauma first mm -hmm. instead of, you know, let's just figure out what's going on mm -hmm. and then start treating everybody who's also dealing with, with some of these things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, to talk about bad coalition building, yeah, I'll go ahead yeah. and, and answer your second question. <laughs> right. So I'm going to use another analogy. Fantastic. Okay. Which I, I tend to, the musician in me loves analogies and metaphors and all that, so I, bear with me. Oh, fun fact. She also is going to a choir concert after this podcast. Yes, I'm going to sing in a choir concert in about... Uh, 45 minutes. Who knew? You sing. I and give out donuts I to sing, students. I give out donuts. <laughs> I give metaphors. I'm just a giver, right. basically. No. Right. So, um, so after the um, what happened in January 6th at the U.S. Capitol, there mm -hmm. was a meme that was going around Facebook that says, insurrections left unchecked become training exercises for the next time. And that has been... And I, a lot of people were thinking it, uh, thinking of it in terms of political takeover. But what I am finding is that that idea of creating a coalition or a grouping of people around an idea that people feel is their own and then just bringing these people together to basically storm the Capitol um, becomes a challenge because now you have built this coalition that is basically, in essence, trying to bully the system. Mm -hmm. Now, I do believe that coalition building is really useful if we're taking this coalition and we're really trying to go and make systemic and forward change. Mm -hmm. But if we're building the coalition just to make a statement, a very powerful but sometimes almost violent statement, then therefore we're not necessarily building the coalition in a way that's going to help people. 
basically it almost becomes a cult of personality. There's a person who, or a person or a set of persons who believes, whose beliefs are really forward and they have gotten this whole group of people riled up and then these go, this group goes and does their bidding and then the people whose real ideas are really sitting there watching the world burn. And so what happens is, is if we if we take that coalition and we empower them to such a frenzy, then we end up with a situation where we're really not helping the cause. We're actually making it more difficult for people. I see. So that's my concept of bad coalition building. People might argue Uh that Mm -hmm. um, that 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 coalition is still making progress and they probably are. Um, but if the the result of the coalition is literally a scorched earth and a farther divide in conversation, then it hasn't been effective. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that is a that is a well answered. <laughs> analogies well help, you know. Analogies help. Absolutely. And metaphors help. It paints a picture. Yeah. It definitely does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing um, your perspectives. Thank you. Um, We'd like you to share one more perspective we have a segment on our podcast called the juniata pie mm-hmm. okay where it's like what part of what 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 what, <laughs> what, what, what makes um your juniata pie what makes yes. my juniata mm-hmm. pie? right so, so the way it works right uh-huh. is yeah. is everybody at juniata has has their experience, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love metaphors here, so yes, yes. <laughs> we put that experience onto onto our pie, right? Mm-hmm. And, and pies get cut in pieces. Mm-hmm. Some pieces are bigger than others. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. pies look different. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, mine's square. Yours yeah. is square. So that, we've heard that works. <laughs> that works. Yes, that works. Um, so. To ask you what your Juniata pie looks like. Like, what is the biggest part of your Juniata experience? What mm-hmm. are some other things that, that kind of complement it? If there's mm-hmm. a cherry on top, like, what's what's your Juniata pie look like? So my Juniata pie is, um, is a hybrid. Ooh. So recently, there's been this fascination of having cheesecake on the bottom and some other pie on the top. My huh. new favorite is cheesecake <laughs> on the bottom with sweet potato pie on the top. Oh, sweet potato pie. Yes. My mama makes a great sweet potato mm-hmm. pie. So when you come back from Thanksgiving, I'll be expecting a slice. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Mama. To make up for those donuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last glazed donuts. Yes. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think mine is multi-layered. I think the, the cheesecake portion of it is going to be um, my long game work of really trying to move the um, needle of community and unity through the EDI office. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the cheesecake layer. Then the um, sweet potato layer is going to be my interaction with students to help students know and faculty staff as well that can help me do this together. Um, And it's the sweeter. It's the more obvious. It's the thing you can see on top. But the cheesecake, the long game, is Mm -hmm. the thing you don't get to by surprise. Because when you look at this pie, it Mm -hmm. looks like it's just sweet potato pie. Then you cut a slice and you're like, whoa, there's cheesecake on the bottom. What just <laughs> happened here? Right. Right. Okay. And so the the cheesecake piece is the stuff that's under the surface that's really helping to move the process along, but you don't see it at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the crust, the foundation of this is going to be, um, I think the, the crust is a small part of it, but my music background, I think, is a part of my crust. <laughs> um, and that is that I've seen so many things change and so many lives 
made different because of the power of music and art. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the bottom layer of my of my cheesecake sweet potato pie. Okay. She just described her pie in a much different way than we described uh, our pie. I guess she did, yes. <laughs> and did I, I do it wrong? No, no, no. no, no, no. There was, was no wrong answer. <laughs> every answer is beautiful. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. Your answer <laughs> was magnificent. It was just <laughs> Thank you. I I, something I was not <laughs> expecting. Yeah. Was, but it, yeah. but like I can see it. I, I can see that pie like mm-hmm. inside of Juniata. Right? Yeah. Technology yeah. works. And so that's <laughs> that's my pie. It's the sweet potato cheesecake graham cracker slash traditional pie crust. All right. Graham all right. cracker. Oh my God. <laughs> I make cheesecakes at my house. So like with the spring form pan and everything, like I'm legit on the cheesecake. So what making. you're saying is you're not just making fried chicken for the team, but you're also making some cheese t- cheesecake. I didn't volunteer about cheesecake. I just volunteered about making fried chicken. <laughs> I'll think about it. I might, I might volunteer you to. Make, I know make I've been voluntold to do a lot of things recently, so that's fine. I, I'm, it's okay. I'm okay with being voluntold. It's fine. All right. Well, but thank you for the great work, the very important work you're doing here at Junior College. Absolutely. Um, thank you. I actually got to meet you back in the summer. Um, Rohan is part of the reason why I'm here. When I came over the summer for my interview, Rohan gave me my campus tour. So uh, he was one of the first people I met on campus, and um, I had actually done some research. So I had actually watched the Brohan show. <laughs> um, I watched the episode where um, you talk about your journey of how you ended up from India here and how this wasn't even a place that was on your radar, but uh-huh. you ended up here, and how that place has changed you. And that is one of the things that I hope people will understand, that even when you come to a place where there might be a large percentage of people that don't look like you, it can still become home because of what you bring to that community. Mm-hmm. So um, while it may not be as, as hot and beautiful as India, <laughs> it is still home because of what you have allowed and the pieces of your pie that you bring to the to the table. And... Um, and that's why Juniata is becoming and Huntingdon is becoming home for me because now I realize I can bring my piece of who I am to this community too. That's fantastic. That's exactly. <laughs> you just gave my pie a whole different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I guess I was looking for this answer, like in my own personal life, and in, in, mm-hmm. in like finding a, a place where I I belong, and and coming from India, like where I come from, I belong to India, and mm-hmm. and I still find home in in this place here and and what you just said really really spoke to me so it's about what that. it's about what you bring <laughs> i mean at the end of the day and i i spoke to prospective students yesterday and one of the things that i said to them is that you may be coming from a place where this community doesn't look like your home but it becomes home because of everything that everyone brings from their home communities here mm-hmm. and then that uniqueness is what makes this home it doesn't have to be everyone looking the same, acting the same, speaking the same. If everyone in the world were like me, I would shoot everyone <laughs> because I really only want there to be me. But you know <laughs> what I mean? But the idea is that there are elements of my my world, my upbringing, my experience that makes this community that I can help someone else and make it community for them as well. All right. Absolutely. Wow. That's wonderful. Like, sometimes I still forget that you're from India. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, that's, that's crazy to me. And there's so many more people out there like that with those type of experiences and probably even crazier ones than... Very true. For sure. Very true. Well, Dr. Crystal, 
Thank you so much. Thank yes. you for having me. This was a blast. Oh, so you said Thursday, 1 to 3. Thursdays from 1 to 3 in Unity House are open hours. Um, please come by. Say hello. Even if you don't have something related to EDI that you want to talk about, just come and talk. I have no problem doing that. And I could probably come up with at least eight to ten more metaphors to use during the conversation. <laughs> metaphors Absolutely. are very helpful. Yes. So. Fantastic. <laughs> wonderful. Well, I hope you have a wonderful qu- concert tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And um, good luck with uh, the work you're doing here at Juniata College. Thank yeah. you. And thank you for letting me be the first non-student. I'm all about this now. Of course. I made history already. <laughs> in nine history. weeks and one day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it took that one extra day. It took <laughs> one extra day. Yeah. Just one day. Nine weeks wouldn't have done it. It needed nine weeks and one day. Unique. Unique. Unique indeed. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We'll stay tuned. We'll, we'll be back in another two weeks. And until then... Stay classy, Junior. Yes, sir.